Happy New Year, Patrick. Happy New Year, Robin. All the best for uh, 2017, I think. Um, I think it is 2017, um, in the context that people will listen to this. Not in the context of the vault. Um, no, I don't know. Very why. different time. Well, I mean, there's no such thing as New Year anymore, because there's no seasons, but still. There's no calendar, there's no seasons, there's no hope. No, well, yeah, it's just an eternity of bleak ash and dust. But we celebrated New Year. Right, we tried to in good old 2016 fashion. You've got um, to keep the old ways going, otherwise you lose all manner of hope. <laughs> um, so, yeah, how, how, was your, how was your time? How was your break? Uh, it was fine. Yeah, it was good. Um, I uh, just spent some time with Scarlett, uh, just hanging out. You know, we uh, cooked an especially big rat because it was Christmas and all. That's good. I saved the big rat for the special occasions. Yeah. I'd gone off a bit. I killed it a while ago. Mm. And I thought, I'm going to save this till Christmas. And when it came time to eating it, a bit funky. Yeah, but you know, the funk adds flavour. The funk adds flavour. I mean, that's what that's what Mad Max at Mad Max's Man Meat's always telling me. That's true, and he's a funky man. He is a funky man. <laughs> like, he plays slap bass. He keeps the funk alive. He's a pretty cool guy. And also adds flavour. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was good. Um, Segway mutant. Uh, he dressed as Father Christmas. Uh, he had a. He was going around with a big sack of junk. Really, he'd found around it's, the wasteland. I mean, it's ultimately going to be junk and severed body parts because that's that's what he's into. You have to kind of act enthusiastic though, because he might he might turn at any moment. I mean, he's a nice guy, but I'm worried that, he, that if you don't like, oh, thanks for this um, <laughs> for these hinges, Segway mutant. Um, that's what I was looking for. Oh, Thanks, pal. So happy. If you don't do that, he might just turn and cave your head in. Well, I mean, he is four times larger than a regular man. Yeah, it's a wonder he fits on that Segway. <laughs> just, re- I mean, he must have customized it somehow. Yeah, I think the sh- axis is a bit sturdier. Yeah. You kind of, yeah, I don't want to go into it. <laughs> I mean, we're not really Segway designers. I haven't thought that out. Um, I uh, went round to Mike and the Mechanics family, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, they she all got an invite to his Christmas party. Yeah, Mikey really likes me. I think it's because uh, he thinks I'm racist. Mm. Yeah, and I've just never told him otherwise. You saw your, your Pottermore result. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Based off that. Um, so, you know, I went round. It was it was really nice, big family. I mean, they all look like Mikey, Mikey and the Mechanic. All right. Uh, can you imagine it? It's like a room full of Mikey and the Mechanic. Are they all walking here? Uh, they're all walking here. They're all <laughs> walking like, there. It's brilliant. There's like twelve of them. They all talk at the same time. Like, oh, nice! That sounds like quite a good family. Yeah, they're, they're all called Mikey. Uh, they're like ah, bah, 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 and then they shut. Someone shouts something racist, and then they're like, "Yeah, this is amazing!" Wow. So he's actually full on racist. Uh, Mikey, actually, this is what I found out being at his family um, for dinner. Uh, Mikey's actually pretty much the most liberal one. Okay, because like, I know he didn't like mutants. I just thought that's as far as it extended. Yeah, I mean, I think he just doesn't like mutants as a result of like his family upbringing. But oh my god, the rest of them. I mean, they hate they hate the gargoyles. They gargoyles. Hate, they hate the ghouls. They hate the zombies. I mean, they really hate the zombies. Mm, the ghouls, though. The ghouls are bastards. I mean, everyone's a bit iffy about ghouls. I've met a couple of good ghouls, to be honest. Um, but yeah, geez, that, I mean, all of the things. But you know, if you can put that aside, and I mean, look, they were quite—they're quite an enclosed family. I mean, mm. they've been breeding within the same generations for like, well, since since the event. <laughs> maybe since before the bombs. Yeah, maybe since before the event. I mean, we don't know. Mm. I mean, he's, he Mikey does claim that garage has been in his family for the past a thousand years. So how are they going to manage that if maybe. there's not a bit of 
Bit of inbreeding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that aside, right? Because you put that to one side. I mean, if you agree, like I did, to go to making mechanics for, for a Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. um, you kind of got to accept it's going to be a bit rough around the edges. Um, but yeah, it was a really good time. Um, they roasted some tires. Okay. Which was good. So we took some tire slices, which, you know what? His mum, fantastic cook. Really, uh, you know, really like nice old haggard Italian lady. Doesn't speak a word of English. Probably doesn't speak a word of Italian either. She really doesn't speak, actually. So um, just, just like slam the hot just, tire in front of you. That's it. And then just, yeah, it, you know, you finish one plate, she has another plate for you. You finish that, another plate for you. Man, and I wish it, I could have been there. Well, you know, I, I didn't actually get the mutation that allowed me to digest rubber. So, okay. I mean, it makes it really difficult for me. But, you know, I, I had a really nice time. So, by God, they can drink. Jesus, they can drink. Yeah? Yeah, fucking. They got their own... Their own uh, Ma Mechanics special brew. Yeah, well, they make it all in, like, old um, car fuel tanks. Oh, so it's got a bit of a kick to oh, it. Oh, it's, like, a little bit of diesel in there, a little bit of petrol. Yeah, yeah you brought some bottles back with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've not really fully regained my sight yet, so I think we'll maybe not not crack into those right away. Okay. That's good. And then we had New Year in the Vault. New Year in the Vault. Which was which was lovely. Pretty um, nice affair. It was good. It was just me and you and Scarlett, actually. It was yeah, fairly... it's pretty chilled. As as I get older, I think I prefer a chilled New Year. Mm-hmm. Don't I mean Christmas? You know, you do all the partying, you get together, drinking. New Year's, you know, it's, I find New Year is forced fun. Yeah, if I you agree. go to a party, it's just like I don't really feel like it. So just stay in. Yeah, just chill out. We watched uh, we watched uh, the movie, the topic of the week, yeah, which we will come up later. Uh, that was nice, a good little Christmas treat. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's fine. That's all I can say about New Year these days. It's just, it's fine. It's fine. It's that fine. just happened. It was good to see Scarlett. I mean, I don't get to see her that much anymore. Well, I don't allow you to. No, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, you don't see her that much. Well, like, she's, she's working just, all the time. I mean, it's, uh, she's a broom. Like, yeah. that's, her job is to clean. Not, I'm not, not being sexist, guys. Her job is to clean because she's a broom. Uh, and, uh, it's, yeah. it's not just because she's a woman. Well, it, I thought she was like pretty genderless, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't really know how she identifies. I knew her back in university where she was identifying as like a log. A log. Um, but well, she lost a lot of weight. She did. Since then, she's become a broom handle. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so, uh, yeah, so we haven't seen each other since then. Uh, what have you been getting up to in, um, the, in the various media vaults? What I've been doing? Not a whole lot. Because mm-hmm. I've been doing one thing that's been taking up a lot of my time. Yep. Recently, um, I got Fallout Four. Oh. Um, which is the true to life autobiography of the world we live in right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think ours is a bit different. Yeah, ours is very different. Actually, this is the first Fallout game I've ever played. Um, and I've had people who listen to this podcast be like, "Oh man, you're very like Fallout inspired in your in your you know post nuclear apocalypse wasteland antics." Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I've never actually played a Fallout. <laughs> I just like the idea of the... I just like the theme. Yeah. Um, and I'd never really got... It's not something I'd ever played before. I enjoyed Skyrim yeah. a lot by Bethesda. I was going to play Fallout 3, but I figured like Fallout 4 is out. Yeah. It's going cheap. My computer can just about run it. No, it can. It can run it quite well, actually. That's I was good. surprised because it's a new game. Not in newish. Newish. And it came out in the last. Came out in October. Yeah. Uh, my computer is not 
Super high end, but it can run Fallout 4, no problem. I'm pretty happy. Which, not last October, October 15. October it? 15? Yeah. Aye. Right? Yeah, I think it's... Well, fact-checking notes. Yeah. Um, so what are you thinking? It's good, I'm enjoying it. It's, as I say, taking up a lot of my time. It's uh, just my new time sink now. I'm thinking about it right now. Hmm. I want to go home and play it straight away. Really? It's that kind of thing where... You're pretty casual about it when you're playing. You're like, there's not much to do. I'll just, I'll just carry on with this next mission. Well, I'll just do this next bit. Okay, and now all of a sudden it's like four in the morning. <laughs> you have to go to bed. It's like, oh man, I've hardly done anything, but I've really enjoyed myself. Yeah. And as Bethesda games usually are, massive collect-a-thon. There's a lot like, of stuff. My inventory filled up very quickly mm. with just junk. And I promised myself when I started... I was like, this isn't going to be like Skyrim. I'm not just going to go around picking up all kinds of junk. All the spoons, all the pots, yeah, all the Yeah, because my carry weight will just skyrocket and I'll be slowly walking around everywhere. Yeah. But in the game, like you use all the junk to actually build things, yeah. which I didn't realise. So you find yourself, you are collecting all kinds of shit. Uh, to try and get screws. To try and just get a one screw, sellotape. Uh, rubber and wood and all that shit and you just oh you're, it's just uh, yeah a big collect-a-thon mm. um, which is you know it's good it's quite fun crafting things but it takes ages to actually find the materials you need to compared to how much you actually collect yeah um, but it's cool I'm really enjoying it I'm liking the the sort of aesthetic behind it um, I quite like the lore I didn't realise it was like an alternate an alternate future yeah because when the game starts it's before the bombs drop and it's still it's set in the future but World War 2 ended a different way yeah it's skewed some, into this there's some different stuff that happened like um, one of the main things about the technology the difference is they never, atomic energy right yeah they, they went they went really heavy into atomic energy and they also never discovered transistors okay so I, I don't know how much you know about like technological history and stuff, but the reason we basically in this timeline we have um, like small devices uh -huh. and like like computers and mobile phones mm. is because we had transistors and that forced us to make everything smaller and smaller and smaller. Okay. And because the smaller you can make them, the more efficient you can make it. Right, but, but Fallout is, everything's huge. Yeah, they didn't discover them, so they're okay. still using Valve technology. Now Valve is basically the precursor to a. Uh, um, transistor right. and you can't make it small yeah. basically because just because of the way it works why well, the pip boys are so big right? yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. okay no I, I really like the aesthetic behind it uh, it's a really interesting take on like you know because you get like steampunk and you get cyberpunk mm -hmm. you get like diesel punk and this is kind of its own aesthetic yeah and they've had enough time apocalyptic americana yeah and this fallout's been going for a ages long time. Yeah, yeah. So they've really had time to kind of nail how it all looks and the feel of it. You kind of really get involved in the in the world. Uh, I'm kind of charging through the main storyline mm -hmm. because that's what makes the most sense RP wise. Yeah. Because you're unfrozen, like, and your baby gets stolen, and as this character, like, you could go off and do all these things. Well, I'm just gonna go and pick flowers and join a cult and do all this. <laughs> But my, just the way I want to do my character is I want to get my goddamn baby back. And I'm kind of charging into all these situations which I feel I'm maybe not the right level for. Mm -hmm. Because I think the developers imagine that I would be doing other stuff to prepare to do it. Yeah. But I'm just on 
I think you're the only person in the world who's played Fallout like that. Well, I'm just I'm just <laughs> full RP. I yeah. like my character. She's just like you know before the war, like there was like it was like a really happy family aesthetic. We all went into this vault. It's like I'll see you on the other side, darling. And then on the other side, your husband's shot and your kid is kidnapped. So. I'm basically like trying to be all Liam Neeson from Taken. Uh, Just like I'm not really, I'm not taking any guff. People are like, oh, come and join our thing. It's like maybe after I found my son, um, and you know, like I'm very being very secretive about what I want. It's like, what, what are you doing here? It's like that's my business. <laughs> and then as soon as someone thinks they have any, like as soon as I feel anyone has any uh, leads, I'm just like. Please, my boy, you've got to help me. I do think it's fun just to be like really like vengeful. Yeah. Just going around like killing, although guns don't feel very effective for some reason. I mean, they are, they can be, but it's the, the amount of ammunition you get is so minuscule. Like it does feel like you're, you know, very barely making, making it. Yeah. It's cool. It's a fun little game. I'm enjoying that. Taking up a lot of my time. Distra- it distracted me somewhat from um, the other game I was playing, which I'll talk about. Well, if you want to talk, I've got I've got some thoughts about Fallout. Um, mm-hmm. There was a couple of co- I didn't actually play it all the way through. It's I've got it, um, but I I did the complete opposite of you. Yeah, I just didn't do the main quest and then did all the other stuff and burnt myself out on it. Yeah, that's what I did with Skyrim. Um, but yeah, there's just one. I didn't actually like Fallout Four as much as Fallout Three. Yeah, yeah, you're, um, you're kind of into Fallout a bit more. Than Fallout Three, I yeah, like I mean, I'm, I'm big into Fallout. I'm big into like that kind of game in general mm. um, but Fallout 3 I thought was like an absolute masterpiece and it was tonally perfect whereas like I thought Fallout 4 was a bit messier a bit like oh we're just adding this for the sake of adding it rather than it being there to be a very tight experience but like adding what like the build, the base building elements oh yeah yeah the farming I've not really done any of that like, yeah. like it just feels <laughs> like that's padding and it just doesn't yeah. need to be there um, I've not touched it at all. I'm eight hours into the game. True, and I suppose that's the argument that for it to exist. You yeah. just, but I feel I don't know. I just thought it was an inferior experience to Fallout mm-hmm. Three. I don't know if anyone will, like disagree or agree with that, but I certainly people love base building. People love it, man. I don't think Fallout is the game to put it in. Yeah, true. I think you know RTS should be about base building. Yeah, it's kind of like where I think it should stay. Um, but you know, sometimes base building elements are good. Um, yeah, there was one thing that I thought was incredibly noteworthy, though, and that's my favourite quest in Fallout 4. And that's, uh, I don't know if you've found it yet, but there's this, like, house. And mm-hmm. I think you get a couple of leads to find the house. But the house basically has this occult murderer in it. Oh, cool. And it is just, you get to explore the house and see all the fucked up shit he's done. And then you get the choice at the end to, like, let him go. Uh-huh. Because uh, I think he's basically like, yeah, all these were pretty shit people. They yeah. didn't kill anyone who's a goodie. But he's like really fucking went to town on them. He's like a proper psycho. Okay. Um, but you can let him go, and then if you let him go, you like get an item for it. You get something special. But it's like that was just a really atmospheric, really tipped off quest. I'll look out for it. I've kind of, as I say, I've just been kind of shooting down the main storyline. Yeah, I understand that. Just for fun, just because I want to see how. I just think it makes sense. <laughs> like it's sort of stuff like um. Well, the big thing that stands out for me was Red Dead Redemption, where it's like you were on this like mission and you did have this thing to do. But uh, I'm just going to go pick flowers and do some horse racing. Just yeah. go play poker for six weeks straight. <laughs> oh, yeah, my wife and child. Yeah, let's, uh, we'll just go back to that. Take out this fort uh, just straight after I've 
done some hunting. I'll be right back. I just, I think that I don't. I mean, it's good that that stuff's in there, and I think that really helps for doing stuff once you've completed the main story. Yeah. Um, because I'm gonna do it all once I've finished the main story. I think with Fallout, depending on how, you know, how bored I get <laughs> with it quickly. Yeah. You know, how quickly I become bored with it. Um, but no, I'm just enjoying it for what it is right now. I'm just really enjoying the the RP of just being. It's good. It's a good game. Yeah. Yeah, so it is a good game. It's very good. Um, yeah. So not really like not not holding out much hope for the institute surviving because they're yeah. the people that stole my baby. Right. Uh, I mean, look, they, they become very much more complicated. Yeah. No, I, I imagine it's going to be that way, but I think mm. I'm going to just be like, no, okay, fuck give me my boy back. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, not that far. I just started playing it last week and just had little chunks. Just playing, been playing little chunks of it. Um, so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Fallout Four, good game. Fallout Four, good game. Um, well done. Uh, no way affiliated with the Don't Go Outside podcast, franchise. <laughs> which is also set in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. A, a different one though. I think ours. Well, maybe is, ours is across. We're, we're, ours is in Scotland. Yeah. Theirs is in. Well, it's like America. I think. I think uh, ours is uh, a bit more bleak. There's <laughs> um, yeah, not much going on. And it's a bit more. Uh, I mean, I'm going to continue to try and drag fantasy elements into it. So yeah, I mean, I'm all up for that. There's going to be more and more. Adve- I mean, it's kind of a cross between a Fallout universe and a Adventure Time universe. I think. Yeah, I feel like the Fallout universe has the the world of Fallout has had more time to to develop yeah. into a society where ours our tragedy happened a lot more recently. So it's still quite chaotic. Um, but we're doing all right. Yeah. Don't you worry about us. We're fine. Yeah, don't, we have this don't. vault. Yeah, we have the vault. We have our own vault. <laughs> you want to come down now to Fanny Beast's uh, Wasteland Canteen, uh, where we're serving the finest in dog meat, uh, pig rashers, and... Uh, and rabbit's feet, all of which has far too much salt in it. But that's all we've got, and that's all you're getting. So come on down to Fanny Beasts Canteen today. Fanny Beasts, Fanny Feasts. Oh! That was my PR assistant, (laughs) uh, Granny Beasts. (laughs) (laughs) She helps with the uh, branding of my... Uh, new business now called Fanny Beasts Fanny Feasts <laughs> where we serve you dead beasts as a feast <laughs> I don't even know what this one is <laughs> I, I'm not even sure if this was alive some kind of rat maybe I don't know a rat could be a rat could be a fox might just be a bin bag yeah what is I'll sell it to you for a half price, I'll put it on a roll. Uh, we got only got brown rolls left. <laughs> we'll never have. They're all brown. <laughs> all burned. <laughs> I burnt them all. Yeah. So Fallout Four has been very good. It has eclipsed the game I was really enjoying previously. I got distracted, and I was like, "I'll try Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'm playing loads of it. Yeah. It's a shame because I was really enjoying Wolfenstein: The New Order. Oh, I've heard very good things. Oh, it's very, very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that is good. Just really simple first-person shooter. Yeah. There's no no frills. 
just straightforward, old-fashioned, run-around, running gun. Shoot, running gun. It's very, very enjoyable. Uh, not much to say about it. Uh, the story is good for what it is. It's pretty simple. You shoot Nazis. You shoot Nazis. That's the story. Shoot Nazis in the future. Yeah, that's just, that's and the again, story. Again, an alternate future oh. where Hitler wins the war mm. because he's had a uh, scientist working on all these like death machines. By the way, just a uh, side note, uh, segue. Well, no, no, this is not a segue. This is a sidebar. Okay. Um, I love alternate Nazi futures. Yeah, well, the one it's in- like one of my favorite pieces of fi- like bits of like uh, fiction and speculation is like what the world would be like. And this isn't because obviously, obviously, I'm not pro Nazi. Come on, Slayer. Um, <laughs> I'm never gonna live this down, am I? Well, it's just a fun thing to keep bringing up. Uh, just because you know it upsets me. Yeah, well, I shouldn't. I just I know it upsets you more than it should. Yeah. Anyway, but I find it just fascinating. Like all it the stuff that could happen, like Man in the High Castle. I've still not seen it. Uh, well, I've, sorry, I've just read the book. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Um, which is a really interesting book, but the is this Vault Book Club um, territory? This is Vault book Club. No, it's not. I'm just, uh, it's, <laughs> I'm just, it's just mentioned that because okay. uh, it, it contributes to the Wolfenstein conversation. Um, would recommend it. Really good book. But the point is, uh, what is it? Philip Philip K. Dick. Is it K. Dick? I um, or Arthur C. Clarke. I think it might be K. Dick. K. Dick. Um, anyway. Just can't write humans. No? Setting is fascinating, right? Uh Uh-huh. But the people are not people. okay, right. (laughs) They're just very clearly, like, ideas of people and, like, what he thinks people behave like, but they're not real people. Hello, Stanley. How are you today? I am fine. I'm a bit worried about the Nazis. Well, me too. I will go and stop them. That kind of thing. That kind of thing. And there's like a couple of female characters and it's just like, have you ever met a woman? <laughs> oh, I like the sound of this already. <laughs> like, in your entire life, have you met a woman? <laughs> okay, cool. No, fair enough. But there's like, there's a couple of really good lines in it. Like, um, one of the ga- characters is talking about uh SS officer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, some, uh, like only SS officers have this, uh, these clear blue eyes which show like absolute enthusiasm for absolutely nothing. Mm. Um, just describing how they just like yeah you could tell an SS officer to do anything and they would love to do it because they are just obedient as fuck wow but yeah really good really fascinating um, but yeah there's just loads of intro alternate Nazi histories man I'm into it well if you like alternate Nazi histories I'd say pick up uh, Wolfenstein the New Order yeah as soon as you can because it's really really interesting just to see how that's another Bethesda one actually is it Bethesda? Yeah, yeah. They um they bought the studio that makes the Wolfenstein games, and they're and yeah they're because they made Doom as well recently. Oh the yeah, Doom game that was Bethesda. I've not and played that, but it Doom looks... was like very well received. That like yeah, people loved it. Yeah, that topped a lot of people's number ones. Yeah, I imagine it's kind of what Wolfenstein because I think it's the same studio that made Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of they took all the action from Wolfenstein and just ramped it up. Yeah, but anyway, Wolfenstein is very enjoyable. I'm liking it. There's no... Like, I think last time I was talking about needless RPG elements. Yeah. They're there, but it's not like... You don't have to pick perks. Yeah. If you do enough of something... If you do something enough times, it just makes you better at that thing. That's really cool. Which is great. Because, like, if you're kind of sneaking around with a silenced pistol, just picking people off, like, if you do that, like, 20 times, it's like, you can now... You're now more silent when you're sneaking, and your aim is steadier. Like, great, you recognise what I like to do, rather than having to go through, like, a big table. I think, I mean, I do agree with that kind of design, mm-hmm. but the problem is, I think that should be hidden design. 
my reasoning for this is what that does, especially in my brain, and I think with a lot of other people, is when you play a game like that, it incentivizes you to play efficiently rather than a fun way. No, I mean, you're definitely still able to play in a fun way. No, but I'm saying, right, so say you need to do 20 kills, 20 stealth kills to increase to the next level of stealth killing, mm-hmm. and you need to do 20, I don't know, head stomps to get the next level of head stomp or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are a limited number of enemies. Okay. So, oh, so in order to max out your efficiency and max out that skill tree, you're not going to be doing your playstyle that you like. You're going to be counting mm-hmm. kills or counting actions. But if you're just the kind of person that likes to run in and shoot, like, you know, just run and gun, mm-hmm. like guns blazing, like it gives you perks for doing that as well. Yeah. So your, you know, your health will go up. You'll be able to take more damage. Uh, your guns will do more damage, like and you'll get more like ammo capacity and things like that. It's, so it kind of caters to all tastes. Yeah, um, it's really good graphically. It looks amazing. It's a pretty game, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, alternate Nazi history just kind of, as you say, pretty. It's fascinating concept, um, especially like that is proper like diesel punk, like I said, because it's like big, giant steel structures all powered by like. You know, like petroleum and oil and steel, humming blue things. Yeah, big like giant concrete like Nazi towers with like swastikas flags hanging down. It's because yeah. one thing's the Nazis loved it was a Nazi flag. They did the really like a Nazi flag. Yeah, um, I mean they loved that flag. Yeah, and you find little snippets of like newspapers like from the past, like yeah. kind of showing you all the stuff that you missed when you were because you're in a coma. This the game starts. You do a little campaign, then you get knocked out. You're in a coma for like six years or something like that and it's suddenly 1962 all the uh what'd you say like milestones for human progression have happened like man's landed on the moon uh stuff like that but it's all been like nazi achievements third reich twist third reich twist to it the third reich shuffle yeah um and hitler doesn't seem to be much of a uh factor in this though yet because i say i've not finished it (laughs) because fallout came along and i was like oh um yeah, so no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to that. I think so. it's like I, I don't know. I find in a lot of the time, a lot of the time with Nazi alternate history and stuff, you don't really mention Hitler that much because it's almost like mentioning Hitler cheapens it. It's almost like a given as well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Hitler was involved. And yeah. um, what happens to Japan? Uh, I don't know. I, I think the Nazis kind of took it took it all. Just annexed. Yeah, like just like Abba said, the winner takes it all. I think that's the first time an ABBA line has been used to describe Nazi Nazi globalization. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> when it takes it all, uh, that's the only line I know from that song. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I not it hasn't really mentioned the rest of the world, but they've certainly, as far as I know, mm-hmm. they've taken America. I think they've at least annexed America. Uh, the game is mostly set in Poland and Germany just now. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. I'll update you. I'll give you weekly spoilers. <laughs> weekly Wolfenstein spoilers. three-year-old game. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, go play it. I'd recommend that as well. I'd check that out. Get up. That sounds yeah, like good. something up my, up my street. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, and I'll be able to blaze through the campaign quite quickly. I yeah, I think it's quite a quick game actually. Like I don't, I, I don't think I have much. Well, I might have a. One of the one of the things someone said to me about it before was it's a game that is exactly as long as it needs to be, which I I, I think that is such a bold decision in this day of like bloated titles that have like ten million hours of gameplay to just yeah. be like you know what this is an eight hour title, but it's eight hours of good. Yeah, it's just 
quality over quantity. Yeah, I believe so it, it's like as I as I get older, I've got less and less time to devote to games. So yeah, exactly. I, I'd much rather spend money on less hours that are quality than more hours that are just padding. Mm-hmm. No, but again, Wolfenstein takes that box. It's mm. a proper like arcade shooter. Just go in, you do a level, you run or you sneak around, you kill Nazis, you beat the level, you get a little perk, and then you go about your day. Yeah. So, Robin, what have you been doing? Well, um, I've been doing... I've got a couple of throwbacks to some other episodes. Okay. But since we're on games now, um, I'll talk about the game I've been playing. All right. Final Fantasy Fifteen. Oh, nice! You got Final Fantasy Fifteen. I did. I think this might be the first time we have a fairly recent title being reviewed on the show. <laughs> it came out about two weeks ago. I know. And now we're talking about it. I know. Like how? It's the podcast first. I know. Jeez, we are relevant. Yay! <laughs> right. Well, Final Fantasy Fifteen is a very interesting game. Okay. Like. I have no idea how this game got made. Genuinely. Like, how this got passed. How this got through. Like, how anyone published it. Really? For a Final Fantasy game as well? Yeah. Because they're usually quite... Well, sometimes quite out Right, well... I mean... Plot is sort of uh, a bit... The plot, for for a start, is not mega complicated. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like it's not like Final Fantasy where it's like you play it once and you scratch your head and you're like, well, I've got no idea what happened there. <laughs> what did that mean? What yeah. was any of that? F- the plot's fairly simple. Um, and it's got this surrounding universe if you need more information, which okay. is like good. Yeah, but they released like a little film or something. Yeah, there's there, a yeah. film and there's like some comics and stuff. Uh, so is it an anime or a manga? There's something. There's uh, something else surrounding it. We'll need to take a visit to the anime cave. Too. Um, I've not looked at any of it. So Figure I don't know. It out. Um, I'm not actually that far in, so I can't say much about the plot. Okay. Um, the dialogue's quite trite. You know, standard. It's Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a bit weird. Yeah. Um, the uh, battle system is basically like. I mean, I saw it more. It's like Kingdom Light at uh, Kingdom Hearts, um, with a bit more complexity. Okay. Um, but. That's fair enough. The setting is really what I find so bizarre about this entire thing. So the setting is like 1950s Americana Mm -hmm. coupled with a Japanese interpretation of medieval Europe. Right. Coupled with standard JRPG sort of like like settings and areas. uh, Coupled with ancient civilization stuff. And the whole thing is framed by the fact that you're just basically lads on tour. Yeah, it does look very lads like, on tour. Yeah, it's you and your three best mates um, going on like one big trip to go find your future wife. It's basically like a like a stag do. Nice. Um, with lads on tour going on this like massive camping trip. And it, it's just like, how how did that get passed? It's so weird. Yeah, the world looks very confusing yeah, from it, what no, I've seen for it. And like, the thing I is, can't pin it down. What's it supposed to be? It's amazing. Mm. It, it, is a, it, like, it is an absolute like um, scattershot of different aesthetic elements. And I think it's wonderful. Does it all work? I think it works really well. I don't, cool. think, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. Mm-hmm. And that impresses me so much that it can be something so... They've put together so many classic elements, but in such a way that makes it brand new. Um, also, I think it's very self-aware and quite tongue-in-cheek, and I, I don't know if I'm just I'm drawing this inference from it, but like there's stuff like little things, mm-hmm. like so you're going on this grand adventure, 
um, with your friends and you're going camping and you're in all these beautiful places, right? And then when you go into the camping segments, quite a lot of the time, when it shows you like all your guys sitting down at camping, they're not like training with swords. They're not like um, doing anything epic. They're just sitting there on their phones. Oh, nice. Just all sitting around the fuck, just ignoring each other. Oh, so there's like phones, phones. in this yeah. world? Okay. Um, and it's just like, that's so completely accurate. Like, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, and it looks quite modern for a Final Like, the aesthetic looks quite modern for a Final Fantasy yeah, it's, game. It's, it's quite a modern aesthetic, but at the same time, it's got all these medieval elements. It's really bizarre. Because, really yeah, bizarre. you've got, like, cars and motorways and garages and... Yeah. And like um, one of the main, one of the first female characters you're introduced you introduced to is uh, called Sydney, uh, sorry C- Cindy, and uh, she's like a mechanic and she has this southern drawl. <laughs> so weird. Very strange. Um, and you like eat at diners and stuff. Um, just even like even if you don't like Final Fantasy, even if you don't like um, the idea of the JRPG, just like for the setting alone, uh-huh. it's just so unique. And I think they deserve, like, um, Square Enix deserve to be rewarded for making such a strange and bold decision on a setting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so I'm having a lot of fun with that. Just cool. looking at stuff and experiencing it. I've heard it's very good. Um, I've, I, as I say, I'm like, I mean, I'm still in, like, chapter two. Of, like, I'm really not that far in. Yeah. Um, but I'm, it's, yeah, I've, it's, I've watched, I've played it enough to uh, have good feelings about it. Also, like, on a sort of, Another note, I think the way it treats sort of like male friendship is really sensitive in okay. a weird way. So it's not like, it's not just macho bullshit, you know, um, like you would see classically in games. Like mm-hmm. if you've got two men who are friends, they have to be busting each other's balls. Or, hey, how's it going, oh, buddy? Oh, I'm good there. I'm all right. Let's uh, sh- shoot some terrorists and have a beer. Yeah, let's yeah. get those terrorists. I've never had a feeling in my life. Or America. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's actually not, it's really nice. So like, as I say, the dialogue's a bit trite and it's not, it doesn't really land properly, mm-hmm. but it's like, you'll be traveling so in the car and they'll be having a chat and like one of them will be talking about, oh, like he wants to go back and marry the mechanic girl because he really fancies her. And, stuff. Oh, no. and it's like, it's really quite sweet. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's actually what male friendships kind of like. Yeah. It's not this m- macho bullshit that's, uh, you know, displayed in media so often. It's not fucking Expendables or Call of Duty. And I just thought that was like actually quite sensitive and quite quite nice. Yeah. Nice to see in a game. But yeah, just really cool. And I'm I'm hoping the plot is good. Um, as I say, not playing enough of it to wow. really know. I'm hoping the rest of the characters that I meet are good. And I hope the setting continues to like help hold up. As I say, the battle system, I mean I'd take it or leave it. It's it's a bit of a like it's a bit chaotic and it's not exactly the most refined thing in the world. Okay. It, it's a bit button mashy to be honest. It's like a GRPG button mash. Right. Um, it's not as bad as Final Fantasy XIII's battle system, which was just just pish. But you know, I can I can take that. I can I can let that pass. Let that slide. I imagine you'll get used to it. Maybe, yeah, you know. True. I'll have more fun with it as as I develop with it. But yeah, so that's what I've been uh, playing recently. Cool. And uh, yeah, had a lot of fun with that. I tell you some. Can I talk about something I've been reading? Is it a book club? It's kind of a book club. Um, I'll scooch my chair forward a little bit. Okay. That's more of a slam. That was a, that was a sergeant <laughs> slam. More of a sergeant slam. It's comic book. Oh, I com- got for my... Okay, actually, sorry. Pause. Comic books don't count in book club. T- excuse me? Comic books count as the uh, comic... Ki- we I think we made a thing. Did we? For comics. Did we? 
Comic Cavern. When did we talk about... When did we do this? I can't remember. Oh, new segment. The uh, New segment, I talk about comics that the, I've read. The Comic Book Cavern. My um, comic shelf. Shall we... Uh, oh, Patchy's comic shelf. The library, <laughs> I like to call it. Um, yeah, I got a new comic book. Um, it's very good. Called Headlopper. 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 It's a good title. It's well, that's what caught my eye. Um, it is about a bounty hunter. Yeah. In a, in a medieval fantasy setting. Oh, oh man, you are tickling my interest. Yeah, and his main thing is that he's got he's a giant big man with a big long white beard and long white hair. He wears like a kilt, and he's got a big sword, and he just goes around and he just kills things, and it's fantastic. It's so so good, and the writer knows exactly what it is. He knows exactly what he wants to do, and the world he's created for this character is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's quite a sort of standard story, I think, just to... Because the volume one, I think, just to introduce the kind of concept of Headlopper. <laughs> to be honest, it doesn't sound like that complex a concept. No, no, he's... Uh, I mean, there's cool stuff in there. It's all like... Uh, there's lots of monsters. He carries around uh, the severed head of a witch with him that is still alive and basically talks shit at him all the time. That's very Vampire Hunter D. Did you ever watch? Save that for the animated cave. Um, but because so, he has the like hand that talks to him, actually, that, it's kind of like a, that's a bit of a a trope. The lone badass with the weird sidekick thing that talks shit. That talks shit. Yeah. Well, I like it. No, no. <laughs> Was not a criticism. Patch. <laughs> Leave me alone. I, I, I like. I like yeah. it too. Um, no. So it's cool. Uh, the head comes in useful at times. Well comes in useful at the end uh i think it's one of those things that's definitely sort of like this is annoying why does he keep it around then there's the payoff at the end um the guy it's very the aesthetic is quite sort of like adventure time but for grown-ups whoa so it's quite simplistic in nature very colorful but it is just like standard like dungeons and dragons style violence uh it's set on an island called oh what's the island called it's Head, like, Headlopandia. No, it's um. Oh, I can't remember now. I might have to look this up. But it's very, like, it's got lots of Celtic influence in it. Mm. Like everyone is very. Everyone wears like kilts. It's very quite. It seems very like quite Scottish in nature, which is really interesting. Um, yeah. So he. It's just basically this this story that Volume One covers is his a journey around this island. He gets hired to take out um like this, uh this ancient wizard who's been terrorizing local villages and stuff so the plot thickens you learn a lot about the characters he meets some crazy monsters the design you know their character design in it is really cool the artwork works in a way where it's simplistic when it has to be and really really detailed when it needs to be but it's mostly just quite simple straightforward kind of like one punch man to be honest yeah yeah because that's uh, maybe not aesthetically the same, but that's very much that design idea of simple when it needs to be, complicated when it needs yeah. to be. Well, it reminded me of One Punch Man in the sense that he's this like guy that can just kill everything. <laughs> like he always survives. Yeah. He always gets out of scrapes. Um, I'd recommend reading Headlopper. Yeah. I as mean, soon as possible. Definitely. I mean, you've really sold me on it. Like Adventure yeah. Time aesthetic for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, One Punch Man esque design. Um, sidekick severed head 
badass. I'm so into this. Yeah, it's Celtic very influence. Good. Like, mate, yeah. you've you've really hit all the. Well, I mean, uh, that is a ding, 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 bingo, bingo, right there. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's very very good. Read Head Lopper okay. by. Um, can't remember the name, but just go on Amazon, look for Headlopper. We'll put it in the notes. Yeah, um, you could give us a deal if you want Headlopper. We'll, uh, we'll we'll take a sponsor. Talk about it once a week. I would. Be great. Well, it sound, sounds like I would. I'll check it out though. Mm. We can actually let's go back to this. I'll, I will talk about this uh, in the next one because I, I I want to read. Yeah, that. that sounds good. Maybe I'll lend. I can lend it to you if you want. Oh, that'd be good. Cool. Um, cool. Well, that's uh, oh oh. Here's okay. another. Here's a throwback. Okay. Stranger Things. Oh yes, because you've watched Stranger Things now. I, bi- you? I binged it all in basically one night. Oh, it's amazing. You liked it? Like, perfectly landed, perfectly crafted, like, just just wonderful. Like, um, what I think was so wonderful about it is how dependent on its success was the soundtrack. So, that Stranger Things would not have been anywhere near as good without the soundtrack. And the soundtrack all, was good. It kind of does put you in that world. It ties it all together. Whoops. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it ties it all together in such a way that like the cliches don't feel cliche because like the soundtrack primes your brain into expecting it. Like, right. I mean, think think about how insane this is when you take it out of context. So we were introduced to the cop character uh, Hopper as this alcoholic, pill popping, um, doesn't give a fuck, small town cop. And then by the end of it, he's dragging a boy out of the other dimension. Yeah. Like, that is a mental caricature arc. Like, that's huh? really insane. But because of the way the music primes you into thinking, you're just like, yeah, I buy it. I mm. buy it completely. I buy all of these cliches. I buy the um, stupid, like, teen drama scenes where they're like, oh, they're having like a little fight over a girl. Oh, they're having a party. Like, that. the... the if the, if the music hadn't been as on point, you would have just been like, oh, that's that's shite and cliche. Yeah. It's like, it lands, it's on a knife edge, a complete knife edge of if they'd gone too far with anything, it would have just come across really like cringy and just cliche. Mm-hmm. And if they'd not gone far enough, it would have just been like, what's the point? It's like, so the setting is just so perfectly executed. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just loved it. Loved it to bits. Yeah, I thought it was good yeah i don't i don't think i quite liked it as much as everyone else did really um, yeah no i think because i think i mentioned this when i talked about it maybe episode one or two yeah it could have been uh yeah i just thought it, i thought it was entertaining enough um okay i'll put it this way i liked it as much as i liked luke cage oh that's uh, me we, we pretty much slammed luke cage so yeah but like I ended up watching all of the cage and thinking really? it was fine. Mm. I thought Stranger Things was fine. Um, yeah. I thought Stranger Things was something pretty special. Actually. Yeah. No, I'm glad. Was... I'm, gl- I'm very happy. And like for Winona Ryder, man. What? I, well, I told you she was good. I she, thought she was really good. It? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to be like I told you so. Also, but... like, <laughs> I think one of the the best things to come out with is like, wow. There are some kid actors that aren't total shit. Yeah, the kid actors in it are very good. The kid actors are bloody amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think how mental it is, the idea you could get four kid actors that have that kind of synergy on stage. Um, not on stage, on, on camera. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, that's so rare. Like, we got Stand By Me that did that. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, 
even like I would say their acting was superior to the early Harry Potter films even like well it's not difficult true early Harry Potter films are pretty bad but you know what I mean like it's it's so good the the standard the standard of those of those oh, the, yeah, the no, acting very, very with the kids yes. is incredible um, so yeah, I hope hopefully they have long and prosperous careers. Yeah, well, season two is coming. Yeah. Um, I I just uh, yeah, it just didn't really, didn't really strike it for me, you know. Okay. Just, it, I mean, it really struck it for me. Yeah, struck it for a lot of people. What? Right. Right. Governor, would you like to uh, have a look at my ways? That was not pears. Have a look at my ways. That was pears. It's my ways. I've got apples, I've got pears. That was pears, Harry's ways. Not much place you could buy apples and pears around these days, is it, Daniel? Well, they're, they're not strictly apples or, or pears. They're reformed rubber. Are they, are they, are they, are they plastic fruits? You're trying to sell me plastic fruits. Well, there's no such thing as real fruit in the wasteland anymore. So what am I, what am I supposed to fucking eat? Uh, mate. Mate. What? Oh, your arm. Your <laughs> mate. Oh, your plastics. Plastic mate. Plastic mate. Oh, dirt. We got, we got some got dirt. prime got dirt. nails. <laughs> I've been eating some nails. Of, I mean, I got one of the most terrible kinds of tetanus. I got some, I got some rust. Oh, lovely bit of rust. Lovely bit of rust garnish, isn't it? Oh, you crumble some of the rust on bit of garnish on your man meat burger oh a bit of barbed wire in there oh a bit of barbed wire just a bit of spice oh, it's a bit coming out the other end that's all right that's just wasteland life isn't it? oh it's like a vindaloo on a like spotty. a bloody vindaloo of the old world isn't it <laughs> of the old world back in the day when you got back things. in the day you go you got friday night dan dan old dan's ass dan dan's ass <laughs> and vindaloo couple of tins Watch footy. Oh, I love a bit of football. Always football wasteland. Here we go. It's football wasteland. I'm sure. That's my football chant of wasteland. What? <laughs> oh. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I watched another film as well as the the one we're going to talk about as the main main event. Mm-hmm. I watched Moana. Oh, cool. Yeah. I I keep forgetting Moana as a film that exists. Yeah, I'd really like to see it. Mate, I highly recommend it from, mm-hmm. the, from the get-go. Cool. Um, I mean, as well, I mean, obviously, the fact that it has our Lord and sw- Saviour, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Dwayne it. Dwayne The Rock's Johnson. Dwayne The Rock, presidential candidate 2020. Yeah. Rock <laughs> Johnson. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, imagine that happens. That'd be quite incredible. Yeah. Because he's going to go for it. He can show us all his Rock Johnson. Yeah, he calls it his strudel, the people's strudel. People's jewels. <laughs> um, anyway, regardless. Do you think he could do, bring wrestling back? Has he been back to wrestling? I don't know. He's kind of he's doing other stuff now, mainly acting. Highest paid actor in the world. Wow. Or so, I think he's very good. He is, he's I don't know if I'd pay him more than I would pay, say, uh, Ryan Reynolds or a... Mm. Or a, uh, as good Benedict as, Cumberbatch? Or a Cumbersnatch. Cumbersnatch. Uh, I don't know if I'd pay him more than maybe uh, Corey Feldman, but... You know, <laughs> aside, the man's amazing. Yeah, he's a good guy. He, he seems, seems like very, a good egg. Seems like a lovely man. But Moana is incredible, and uh, like a re- really funny, genuinely funny. Cool. And um, you know what? I think it shows up a lot of the feelings of Frozen, which pre uh, is precursor. Okay. Um, it's incredibly self-aware as a film, which is really odd for a Disney film. Hmm. So it's like before a song. The characters who are about to do the song reference the fact that they're about to do a song. 
Oh, I said, like, oh, you're going to do a song again. Yeah. Here it's we like, go again. It's, yeah, it's like, oh, we, we realize this is a silly Disney musical. We're aware of it. Why should they have to do that? No, uh, they don't have to do it. Uh-huh. But I like that they did. Okay. I thought it was kind of funny and kind of like, oh. I'll know. need to see it for myself to see how it works. Because yeah. as I'm picturing it in my head. Uh, no, it could. I, I realized that yeah. if you imagine it wrong, it, it could it could come across as pretty pretty rubbish. Mm. However, um, it lands really well. It's really pretty funny. Um, and the interaction between like Moana and um, The Rock's character, which I can't remember because I can just think of him as The Rock. The genie. Um, <laughs> the genie. Everyone says he has like a big like genie-style musical number, He does, right? he does. Very much so. Um, it's just really good, the like sort of friendship development. And it's like... It's nice to see, like, you know what? Yeah, you can have, like, a teenage girl be friends with, like, a man. That's fine. Like... There's pals. They're just friends. Let's not make this weird. Um, cool. And it's totally cool. Um, and it, like, makes points jokes at, like, how Disney princesses and stuff. It's just... It's really good. Um, Seems like Disney are becoming more and more self-aware with yeah. every movie. I think it's... People said this about Princess and the Frog. Oh, it's really self-aware. Then Tangle came out. Oh, man, it's, it's really crazy self-aware. self-aware. Then Frozen. Oh, well, it's Disney just, they know, they're really meta now. And now Moana. So meta, one, meta. Yeah, so I think Disney's becoming like... 4chan. Like Tandy, <laughs> Newton, like Tandy Newton in Westworld. Yeah. Is realising it. It's just a... Oh, wow. Big machine to serve everyone. And yeah. now it's like, I don't know where this analogy's going. Yeah. And basically, yeah, really good. Also, what I thought was nice is there was like a couple of things that were like just very accurate, accurately researched about like Pacific Islander culture okay. and stuff. I, obviously, I am no expert on this whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I noticed the thing, the way they husk co- coconuts uh-huh. in it. So the way you husk coconuts, um, or they did in on Pacific Islands, was you put a spike in the ground and then you use the spike to husk the coconut. What is husking a coconut? So you know how you get the big green thing? Yeah. That's, oh, so that's the coconut husk and the, the brown husk. furry thing is insane. That's the thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, and they did that traditionally, like the way it would have been done. And okay. I, I just thought it was like, that's good attention to detail. Hmm. Um, also, there's a character in it that does a song. Uh, like he's a big sort of lobstery hermit crab kind of thing. Okay. And he does a song and it's in the exact style of, you know, the fart in Rick and Morty? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Same thing. And it's done by the same guy. Um, oh, um, Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Clement, Clement. Uh, of Flight of the Concords fame. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that his character is really funny as well. Cool. He, he gets the last scene actually, the after credits scene. I like when Jermaine Clement's in films. Yeah. Because you're like, ah, oh, I like Jermaine Clement. Ah. He was in Men in Black Three, and it was like, sure, I could go another Men in Black film. Why not? <laughs> he's a good guy. <laughs> and it's good. Men in Black Three. He's actually pretty good. And we're talking about. But we're not talking about. Yeah. Segway Mutant showed up <laughs> with his uh, black sunglasses. Yeah, he does that. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Film 4 uh, on mute because mm. at work we just have it on instead of sports. That's yeah. why I like my work. We don't show sports, we show Film 4 all day, every day. So, um, what was on? Yeah, so they've had all the Men in Black films on. Um, and turns out 3 is better than I remember it. Yeah, I need to watch that again, actually. Two is awful. Is awful. Mm. So, yeah. But yeah, Moana, recommend it. <laughs> Great. Recommend it. It's a good old film. Good okay. old, you'll have a good time with it. It's a lot of fun. ...dry day on Wednesday with sunny periods. I've been listening to Jesus Wasteland Radio. Oh, yeah.
Welcome to Jesus, the Rapture, Rapture FM. Hello there, would you like to be saved? Saved from the perils of the wasteland and the rapture that has clearly been bestowed on you and ours so kindly? Well, <laughs> you have already been saved. The fact that but... you are breathing means <laughs> that you have been saved by God, but not by the Lord. But do you want to save? Save ten, right now! 1099 down at Dishwashers and Wasteland Co. <laughs> you can come down and old lot of these dishwashers is cheap as hell dishwashers. It's so cheap and so holy. Because it's full of holes. You can use it as a colander. Oh my god. You'll be praising the dead gods. Wow, these dishwashers are a bit. I want to start talking about Transformers. Uh, your Transformers corner or... The Transformers Transformer. The Transformers Garage. Yeah, the Transformers uh, Mechanic Bay. Yeah. We get Mikey in as a guest. Yeah. Um, I just... I just... I don't think it's natural. No, uh, they should be regular cars. You know what I think? I think a toaster should be a fucking toaster. <laughs> If it turns into some kind of fucking mad-ass ro- I don't know where I'm standing. Am I standing in front of a fucking microwave? Or is it gonna start talking to me? But hey, I'm Optimus fucking microwave. Is it gonna I don't cut need my it. arm off? Uh, fucking, it's just another immigrant to come here and take my fucking jobs. So look forward to Patrick talks about Transformers. <laughs> Once an episode. Um, yeah, mainly because um, they look outrageous. I've only ever seen the first one. I think I've only seen the Michael first one. Bay. Um, maybe we should, should we both do like a little weekly, not weekly, yeah, per podcasting. episode, excuse me. Should we both do a little per episode bit of homework where we watch every Transformers <laughs> film like once a week yeah. and we can just talk about it. It could be like a subtopic of the week because they just yeah. look kind of crazy. I, well, I, I've never I don't seen think them. they're that well received if I'm honest mate I think People they're received like them. pretty badly the Chinese fucking love them really? And if there's one thing I've learned about uh, the future we gotta listen to the Chinese cause let me tell you boy they're coming to get us <laughs> <laughs> we gotta learn their ways real fast and if it's Transformers and the World of Warcraft movie they want, then by Jove, that's what they'll get. I think you've been talking to Mikey too much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he's very charismatic. He's just got a lot of opinions that... I mean, when he's... Sometimes he's quite charismatic, so once he says something, I'm like, yeah! Fuck <laughs> I, be- I believe it. <laughs> no, I just... I don't know. It's just an idea I'm running with. You don't have to do it with me. But no, I'm into it. I'm into it. Because I, I don't know what... Cause Again, they were on film four as well. Yeah. But I don't know. I saw one of them twice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what order they were in. Because, like, they're all on mute because we put music on in the bar as well. Yeah. So, just every time, there's just, there's just constantly just things transforming on the telly. Right. Sometimes Mark Wahlberg's in it. Sometimes Shia LaBeouf's in it. Megan Fox is never there. It's like some blonde girl. Right. And, um, what's his name? John Turturro is in it. Sometimes he's in a wheelchair. Sometimes he's a nerdy scientist. Sometimes he's got like a big fake tan and a hot wife. I don't know what the fuck's going <laughs> on, guys. Um, right. So basically, it'll be the Transformers investigation. Well, the yeah, let's, let's um. Oh, the Transformers yeah. inquiry. <laughs> okay, so uh, starting. Look forward to it, guys. Starting next episode, we will have the Transformers inquiry. Uh, part one. Part one. Should we should we start with Transformers the first? Yeah, I think we should do this in order if we're going to really inquire. Okay. Yeah. Just see what the hell is going on What's in Michael Bay's brain. <laughs> Michael's brain. Michael. Michael's Bane. Bane. 
Oh, imagine Michael Bane did a Batman film with Bane. That'd be pretty intense. That'd be cool. Bane would win. Yeah, because he's, he's buff. Yeah, because he's Michael Bane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, okay, so Transformers is coming. That's a little I teaser. I need to watch that um, Michael Bay film, Pain and Gain. Is it? Apparently, Apparently that's Apparently it's amazing. Wicked. Like, really, really good. All right, well, maybe we'll do a little... After Transformers, we'll just do Michael Bay's back catalogue. Yeah. His big catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do yeah. Pearl Harbor. Um, we'll do Pain and Gain. Yeah. Uh, we'll do another one. We'll see what it's like after Transformers, though. Might it might, be, n- might, it be might kill awful. me. Yeah. So yeah, Transformers Inquiry. That sounds cool. Yeah. Where did we go from? Was that just a little teaser? Uh, yeah. Awesome segue, I, th- I think so. Uh, no. Um, oh. Well, it was a segue, but that's fine. Um, it's relevant. Kind uh, of relevant. I think there's a new Transformers film coming out in the next couple of months. Is it ever going to end? Oh yeah, it's like a medieval one, I think. The Last Knight. Or something. With a K. So you know there's going to be a knight in it. Yeah. It's not going to be dark. Oh. Well, I mean, this is the darkest one yet. So, well, the last one had dinosaurs, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, so I'm excited. dinosaurs in one Yeah, the, the Dinobots. They were there. That's I'm amazing. just waiting for Beast Wars Transformers to become a thing. Beast Wars. Do you remember the CGI yeah, show? Yeah, man. Where the, there was like the Optimus Prime was a gorilla, Starscream was a Velociraptor. Yeah. I had some action figures for it. It wasn't that good, but... It was like when CGI cartoons were really big and they all looked really I think, cheap I think shit. that was on uh, Channel 5 with Milkshake, I believe. Maybe Milkshake. It could have been the ITV one. Could have been Dig It. Is that what it was called? No, CITV had um, but Ugly Martians. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? It yeah. was awful. Uh, yeah, CG cartoons in the 90s were weird. Rough. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them were really rough. Do you remember the one... Um, this is just becoming nostalgia, nostalgia special, which is actually very relevant to what we're about to talk about. Anyway, true. Um, the one on CBBC where the boy moves to America and he gets a video game, and then the video game characters come out of the game and they come to life, and the villains live in a abandoned theme park. I don't remember the name of it, but it was quite cool. No idea. Right, well, I'll look it up. This reminded me of Freakazoid, but I know that's not. No, that was because it was like live action with yeah. like CGI characters. No, and they no come idea. see him at school. Like, shut up! I got my oh. studies. I gotta go to prom. Speaking, speaking of uh, weird nostalgic programs, do you remember that program where it was like a kid in an American house who just had cameras everywhere? That was his uh, shtick. He like hid. He had hidden cameras. That's everywhere. Like recipe for a murderer. <laughs> so, like on hindsight. That's really creepy, man. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it was definitely that was definitely a thing. I don't remember that. I remember the one that was the post-apocalypse, the Australian one, the tribe. The, the tribe. It was all the kids. Yeah. Yeah. That was, everyone over a certain age died. Which is, which is actually a really good setup for a program. Well, I mean, it was quite a good show. Um, I remember it being pretty shit. There was actually. a little wave of like Australian TV shows. There was Round the Twist. Round the Twist. Yeah. Uh, Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. I mean that was this uh, is earlier wasn't uh, it I mean that I think that's what started the way yeah there was the one where it was like uh, an underwater city there was a kid that went to Australia with a magical fish <laughs> is that around the twist is that not just around the twist it, no, no 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 it was like a, an, some English kid from a chippy who like convinced his parents to move to Australia because he had a magical fish <laughs> Mom, Dad, we gotta go to Australia right now. This fish, like, he needs to go. It's like, it was like Queen's nose, only like not oh quite as good. Oh, I remember the Queen's nose. Jeez. Oh uh, no! So there was the there was the Australian one where they all lived in an underwater sea base. Yeah. And there was the really hot girl that was from the surface, and she was like a mer not a mermaid, but she could swim underwater for ages. She could talk to whales. 
I don't remember this one. It was my first like I think it was that was my first like TV crush oh, on a girl. Was, come on, was her. mate, you lived through Melinda Messenger. If she wasn't your first TV crush, I don't really know what to uh, think about you. Yeah, but like you know, like so Melinda Messenger when I was like, she was like old when we were little. Yeah, but she made me feel things. Well, <laughs> don't don't tell me. Um, no, but I, th- I mean, Melinda, people that I think were... it was Melinda Messenger and Jerry Halliwell in the Union Jack dress. I mean, that was really. Yeah, man. I think even then I was like, "This is gonna." Nah, I didn't. She wasn't really my thing. You're you are a little bit older than me, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I keep forgetting that. Mm. Um, is it because I'm so worldwise. <laughs> yeah, because you've lived a life. <laughs> Fucking, I've hell. been in my vault. Um, who else? Uh, Cave Girl, the TV show. Oh, Cave Girl. Yeah, yeah that man. that awakened a lot of. That was uh, that awakened a lot of feelings. That was some fe- yeah. And little Patrick. I, re- I remember some feelings about that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, me as a little boy, not like, <laughs> not, like <laughs> not like it's not. I'm not talking about my private. I mean, I kind of in a way I am, but I not, meant like not little me. private pipsqueak. Yeah. No, well, it's, it's more of a sergeant slam. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no, Cave Girl did a lot for... God, top TV crushes. Right, okay. So definitely, definitely for me, Moment the Messenger was there. Mm-hmm. Jerry Halliwell was there. Cave Girl was definitely there. Yeah. Big time. Wow. Wow. I f- man, I forgot about that. But that, How geez. could you? Jeez Louise, man. Yeah. Also, like, it has some... Like, I remember something that was quite clever in it, where it was like, there was one character who was the mirror... Like, because obviously they didn't have mirrors because they were cave people. So a character was the mirror, and you I'd were like, "How about that?" You uh, you were like, "Mirror man, how did I how do I look?" And then <laughs> he, he would tell you, and I was just like, "Oh, I remember thinking at the time, that's pretty clever." That's, yeah, that's, and that's clearly funny. it's it's so clever that it's stuck with me for what fourteen years. You have your own mirror man <laughs> in the vault because we don't have any glass. <laughs> um, oh wow! Yeah, so. I don't really remember much. I think maybe the sister in My Parents Are Aliens was... Or was she the... Mm, my Parents Are Aliens. She was what? <laughs> I think the mum in My Parents Are Aliens was quite a lot. Oh, I can't really remember that. That's... So on CITV? You know what I remember about that? Um, they had those spiky 90s bike backpacks full of money. And My Parents Are Aliens? Yeah, yeah. Big Did time. they? Yeah, man. Full of money? Yeah. Because like that, the parents arrived on Earth and they just had bags of money. I don't think I saw the first episode. I yeah. didn't really marathon it. <laughs> that was before binge- Netflix. <laughs> Couldn't binge watch. Things. Imagine all these ninety shows end up on Netflix. Oh man, that'd, that'd be, be funny. That'd be an intense just, time. Uh, come on, we would Netflix, have to bring full, back Cave Girl. I feel like I think we because I think if we were to watch that now, she'd be quite a lot younger than us. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird. But even though she's almost definitely older than us now. She's well, older she, than us now. She has to be. She no, must. Because she, she was older than me at the time. Yeah. So unless she stopped aging. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what CBBC does. It, it, it crystallizes you. Yeah, was that CBBC? I think it was. I believe it was. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I mean, Tracy Beaker. Um, <laughs> never really did it for me, but like... She had spirit. She Although, had the heart. <laughs> I think I think she's pretty good looking now. Well, she her hair is not as curly as it was. Yeah, I wasn't really into really hair. Are we really just talking about <laughs> girls we thought were hot back <laughs> yeah. in school? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is our uh, this is our uh, <laughs> gym class special. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
This is an emergency announcement from Mother Hen's home for wayward souls. We are currently missing a young man, Samuel Wynn. He's wandered off again, or probably off to throw stones at mutants and tackle skeletons again. Please come back, young Samuel. We all miss you here. We need you around. Uh, I don't know, we've got some job for you. Um, please help. <laughs> Bye. Maybe more cloud in the southeast. Um, see, now you just got me thinking about old things. Yeah. Do you remember, like, um... Queen's Nose? Yeah, you mentioned the Queen's Nose. St uh, like, um, Stormtroopers? And at, -AT Walkers as well? Oh, is this... Oh, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing I remember, um... There was a guy called Darth Vader. Yeah. Do, do you remember uh, X-Wings? X-Wings? Oh, yeah, I remember X-Wings. They were cool. Um, oh, imagine if we had all them in a film together again. Do you know what they'd call it? Rogue One! Oh, that's the topic of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Disney's, Marvel's, Netflix, <laughs> HBO's, Star um, Wars. Star Rogue Wars One. Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's maybe arguably one of the oldest cinematic universes. I would completely agree. Um, oh, maybe Alien? Was Alien? No, Alien's the 80s, surely. Yeah. An extended cinematic... Oh, to be honest, I, I don't think they really existed as a cinematic universe. Because before Marvel did it. I think they were the first one. Well, I suppose they had lots of different stories yeah. in the same universe. Right? That was the first one to connect lots of different properties. Mm. Okay. I think that's what makes it a cinematic universe. But that minor distinction that really ultimately doesn't matter aside. Uh, yeah, let's get let's get on to the top of the week, Rogue One. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Um, no. Story is in quotation marks. I've got a lot to say about this, and I think you do too. Mm -hmm. But I think what we should do first is just get it out there. Did you like it? No. Um, there you go. Do you think it was worth going to see? No. Because well, everyone told me it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, hundreds of people can't be wrong. Um, in retrospect, I like at the time I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. In ret the more I've thought about it, the less I've liked it. Um, however, I do think it's worth worth the view. Yeah. Like, if you like Star Wars, you'll like this. Well, I like Star Wars. I don't like also, it. Also, if you like war films, you'll like this. I like war films. I don't like it. Well, maybe once we describe I mean, our feelings, we're going to go into it more. We're, we're going to understand, right? So, um, to um, all of our listeners who haven't seen Rogue One, to give you a brief, I think this is like what we do normally. Like, I think this is our normal uh, like a synopsis. So, like, we do the "Did you like it? Did I like it?" Then I do a synopsis of it, and then we talk about it. That's the formula. I think that's the formula. So it's been going strong for a thousand years. Why so change it now? <laughs> a thousand years. Rick Mori. <laughs> um, okay, so to our listeners who potentially haven't seen Rogue One or don't know anything about it or don't even like Star Wars. So essentially what Rogue One does is it's a Star Wars film, but it is set before the original um, trilogy, but after the prequel trilogy. 
So it's, ser- it's there to serve as a bridge between the two main franchises. It's set like a week before A New yeah. Hope. Um, but it's also not a main series film. And it's very much like it doesn't have any of the main characters in it, um, apart from cameos and minor minor appearances. Um, and it's the first of what is going to become, I think the best way to, is the Star Wars Extended Universe. Yep. Um, so it go. serves as it can provide a yearly installment of Star Wars goodness, introduce new characters, discuss new themes without affecting the main storyline and without being a main stage Star Wars film. Now, the plot basically follows if you've seen the first of the originals, basically Princess Leia has the plans to the star- Death Star. And she says it was by a desperate hope a, a, a desperate attempt by some brave dudes. Um, this story basically follows those brave dudes who found those plans. Um, I think that's a fair enough synopsis. Yeah, if you're the kind of person that thinks, where did the plans for the Death Star come from? Then to, to go to see this film, I guess. Well, I don't know, man. I think you're 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 shooting it down because of the th- feelings you have about it already. I think for yeah, I mean, co- I've had it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I've had yeah. a lot of time to think about it. The so. concept, the core concept, is cool, man. Like the idea of these really brave people going in and doing something really brave, and then mm-hmm. getting absolutely wiped out as a result of it. That's cool. That's that's very Saving Private Ryan. That's that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, but I think where it fell saving down. Saving Private Ryan had characters mm-hmm. uh, with backgrounds and personalities and uh, who you could connect with and uh, relate to on a personal level they're uh, you know whereas Rogue One has people in it that do a thing and then get killed and you're just like well alright cool yeah Um. there's a lot of impressive cgi a lot of cool set pieces it's visually very impressive not a lot of it makes sense to me but hey it's star wars it's making a billion dollars and we're gonna get a star wars film for the next every year for the next 30 years so plug in your seat belts (laughs) it's not a good start i'm very worried for star wars you know what man uh I don't know. I think you should hold your reservations for the future ones. I mean, no. I mean, hopefully, like this is. I'm just saying this is a bad start. Pan, a, I mean, pan this bad boy as much as you want, but like, I think this was. They were trying a lot of new things, and they were also trying to do right. I think there was two things that worked against it here. Um, not enough characterization. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, three things. Not enough characterization. Too much fan service. Oh, oh it, was, it was all fan service and um, too much attachment to the prequels and the thing is you can explain this you can explain all of this um, of course there's going to be a lot of fan service to the original trilogy so that's what Star Wars is because Disney own, owns the rights to them now yeah and also that's and of course there's going to be attachment to the prequels because Disney owns the rights to, uh, owns the rights to them now mm-hmm. now if Disney can somehow retrospectively form a bridge between the prequel trilogy and the new one, the the original loved trilogy, and try and retrospectively make the prequel trilogy not as bad. Well, like, so you'd need to see another film in order for the prequel trilogies to, to make look better? Yep. 
if they can if they can try and retrospectively through making this film make the prequel trilogy look not as shit and make the lore they developed not as shit then that means like that's a good thing for them that's a good business move i don't know man i'd rather watch revenge of the sith again than yeah. Rogue One because it was again had but, but anyway I think that's what was trying to be done there in a very cynical yes, way yes and I think I appreciate what they were trying to do I went through a lot of emotions in the build up of this film <laughs> right so so picture me uh, back in the end of 2015 I've just come out of The Force Awakens I'm full of joy and wonder uh, the Star Wars universe is back uh, sure they just did A New Hope again but it also was a really good film uh, it had characters that you'd love I was excited I was all about Finn and Rey I loved BB-8 Poe Dameron he was there too he's a good guy Kylo Ren what a, what an interesting villain yeah I had the crazy um, what's uh, Domhnall Gleeson's character the crazy like uh, he's like the head of the first order. Yeah. Like the, the, he does that like crazy screeching speech before the Death oh, Star. Pause. Slight sidebar. Okay. Do you know who who was going to do that originally? That part. Yeah. Who? Michael Fassbender. Yes. Well, that would have been good. That would have been. Well, I mean, but I think Domhnall Gleeson does a very good. No, job. No, I think though. he does, but uh, I think. I think fast because Fastbender is can be really unnerving. Fastbender is a scary bastard. He's a scary bastard, yeah. man. And it's like if you've seen him as Irish Magneto in the X Men yeah. films, because like I think he can be a sycophant in a way that is terrifying. Whereas it's like like he's like fanatic in yeah. like a crazy, creepy way. Yeah, it, like whereas like I think Gleason did a serviceable job. It was great. Like mm-hmm. applause to you. I think Fastbender would have really got into the character, and it would have been like when he was on stage. Sorry, when he was on film, mm-hmm. uh, it, it would get under your skin. It would feel uncomfortable. Okay, which I think is that what that's what the character is supposed to do. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Please go. But anyways, he came across as this very quite as a fanatic, you know. Yeah. And he's his character survived to the next film, so we'll see how that develops. True. Maybe we'll get what you were want, what you're wanting from there. Yeah. So I come out really excited. Ah, oh, I was just on a Star Wars high, and then a week later they're like. Rogue One coming next year at Christmas time and I think well I've just had a Star Wars and I'm a bit like just kind of still coming down off this Star Wars high just maybe leave it for a little bit it's like no you're gonna get one Star Wars every year for a thousand years <laughs> a one thousand year Star Wars right <laughs> just all the time you you won't be able to sleep without hearing the Imperial March in your in your head um, and I just, I don't know. I don't like. I don't like where, where this is going. At least with a Marvel film every every year, it's a different character and a different, slightly different story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that really counts as a point. Anyway, yeah. And then the trailers for Rogue One started coming out, and it actually looks quite good. Like, oh, this could be not too bad. Sure, give it a thing. And so I got more excited for it, and then everyone was saying Rogue One's really good. I go and see it, and as I said, just, just, it's empty Star Wars. It's like this big millionaire directors playing with their Star Wars figures yeah. in a sandbox. But I mean, uh, to be honest, I think that is one of the good things about it is that the set pieces were all pretty great. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's what I liked about um, it. I like all the new planets, but, but like, um, 
the hammerhead ship taking down two cruisers like that's cool as shit although cool. I thought the tra- it was pretty tragic like that's two cruisers that's a lot of, that's a lot of lives a lot of lives like, lost. That's, that's intense mm-hmm. um, and then the way they made walkers quite scary like walkers Walker, were always quite scary yeah but they kind of I don't know after the battle in Hoth it's just like a, I, I didn't really see the threat in them but it's like see when they're coming up on the beaches and like mm. just wiping everyone out that that made them kind of threatening to me again, yeah. which I liked. It didn't make sense that they used walkers on the beaches. I mean, why would you? It's a salt. It's salt. Like all the salt would wreck the walkers. They had oh, they had barnacles on their feet as well. You know, I thought that was I quite didn't a cool little. That's... Just the little details like that were quite cool. I liked that the Star Wars universe looked a bit more, uh, not realistic, but just a, it looked more like dirty. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it, like. There's the aesthetic behind it was really cool. Yeah. Um, I liked the design of of a lot of the character. Like I liked all the character design. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I liked, but I just think as a movie it just didn't work. Yeah, it fell flat. Know? It definitely fell flat. Um, like t- best. Oh, I would say potentially best droid in the Star Wars universe. K two, K two, big old Imperial droid. Yeah, he's 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 good, but strange that the robot was the most human character of a lot of them. Very good analysis, and exactly what I thought. You know, like. And you know, you know what really confirmed that in my mind? Mm-hmm. The most upsetting scene is when that robot is taking out the brain of another robot. Uh, yes. yes. That, yeah, I, yeah. When I saw that scene, I was like, oh! Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the droids are kind of alive. They've yeah. got personalities. And like, he had a personality. He was a real... And he's just taking another one, like fucking taking out his brain. Yeah. And it's like, I've watched all his death and destruction, but that was the scene that made me feel weird. It's like, that kind of shows that, how is he the most human character? That's really bizarre. Yeah. That's almost problematic. Yeah, I, uh, there's things that didn't make sense. Like, why does it... Uh, not Idris Elba. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> What's his name? Um, uh, Last King of Scotland. Yes, the head of that... Fa- the faction of the Rebel Alliance like on the Jeddah. Terrorist rebels. Yeah. The ISIS rebels, the ISIS rebels yeah. <laughs> living on the Middle Eastern planet. Which is... <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting. Intre- maybe accidental, maybe not. I don't know if it was accidental. Come on, it's 2016. Yeah. It was 2016. Yeah. It was like a Middle Eastern looking planet with a bunch of terrorists. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but he had like a weird like hentai tentacle monster <laughs> thing. It's like, how does this... One, how does it read the guy's mind? Two, how does the last king of Scotland figure out what it's reading from his mind. Does it like whisper in his ear like reading what he wants to do with this more? Or does it just then put his tentacles on his face and he's like, Oh, that's what you want to do. Maybe that's why he's so crazy. Yeah, well I mean, jeans. Everyone moaned about the prequels over explaining things and then you're given a monster and not given any explanation and now you're bitching about that. There's Jeez. a simple Will you fanboys ever be happy? Oh fuck off. I did not <laughs> say that the prequels over over explained everything. That was other people. I for one love a bit of world building. That's why Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them did everything right that Rogue One went wrong. I feel as a story, a prequel story set in the same universe about completely different characters, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was a total triumph. Whereas Rogue One was a total lie. Um, 
Because it I mean, <laughs> wow. I hadn't even thought about the Fantastic Beasts and the Rogue One comparison, but that is so it's accurate. The total opposite. Yeah. It's the total opposite for me because I don't like the Harry Potter films. I love Fantastic Beasts. I really like Star, Star Wars. Wars. Rogue One's a pile of shit. Uh, did you know? I wouldn't go as far as pile of shit, man. I think I think you're getting more upset at what it could be. <laughs> I'm just getting upset. You're getting upset. I am pretty upset. Um, I think if it had been the case that Rogue One had stuck the perfect landing, that Fantastic Beasts had, it could have been so much better than it is now. But I think you're judging it against what it could have been rather than what it is. But still, what it is is not good. No, what it, what it is is mediocre. It's not mm. it's not a bad film, man. I suppose it's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. It is serviceable. Like, but it's okay. That it's not. Look, man, this this is something because I've spoken to quite a lot of Star Wars fans about it who mm. like get really upset about Rogue One and think it's shit, think it's awful, and it's like, no, it's not. Look at the prequels. That's awful. That's really bad. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. But it's, it's what it's what this means for Star Wars. No, no. What it means is that the the extended universe are going to be mediocre to good sometimes. What it means is that this the main stage universe is going to be really good. Is it, or is there going to be an oversaturation of Star Wars that makes all the main plotline Star Wars films just feel damper? I don't know. Um, my my excitement for Star Wars comes when there's a new Star Wars film every six or seven years. Yeah, but your excitement doesn't change the quality of the film. True. Like, that's... The, the, you know what? This is a, just a different format of that argument that, like, when a remake comes out and the remake's a bit shit, it ruins the original. Mm, which is just completely untrue. The, yeah. the original's unchanged. Just as the main... Uh, for, as far as I'm concerned and for, as far as I can speculate, the main series Star Wars films that are going to come out are still going to be really good. Even if, like, they're extended... They're... Uh, they're inevitable Boba Fett film even if that's just a 5 out of 10 that doesn't change the way I feel about the the main series really. I will be really upset if the Boba Fett film was a 5 out of 10 I don't want a Boba Fett film like I really like honestly like I don't want that film to be made man um, my idea on a Boba Fett film is imagine they got Tarantino to do a Boba Fett film this is never going to happen right but Good. I don't want a I don't want I don't want any Boba Fett film. Don't make that film. <laughs> don't touch Boba Fett. Why? Because the the brilliance of his character is that he's so mysterious. Yeah. He's just a weird he's just a he's a really bounty hunter that looks really cool. He does his job quite well. I mean he does get kicked into a starlight pit, but he escapes. <laughs> Guys, come on. In those extended editions he escapes. Yeah, and he's just a scary looking bounty hunter when you and there's loads of mystery behind him when you then say ah but what about the time he spent at bounty hunter camp on Rigel 7 and um, then you see him getting into loads of like fraternity hijinks wedging people on flagpoles look like, man they're on. not going to make a they're, they're not going to be making a national lampoon <laughs> Boba Fett film. Oh, just, um, just leave him with, just leave him as mystery. No, right. But this is what I'm saying. This is why I said Tarantino, because Tarantino can build characters that have mystery and are still total badasses. I mean, pretty much all of his films are based around that. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah. So how cool would it be if you had a Boba Fett completely unrelated to any of the main series, just like Boba Fett doing a contract? But, yeah, just so it's not an origin story. Not an origin story. Just. Boba Fett doing a contract. Say he has to take out some fucking... Hot gangster. Yeah, some badass hut 
and like he okay. just has to like go around get the information like yeah you're turning imagine imagine they put it right dread prime example oh yeah, yeah imagine yeah. they did it like a dread film yeah very little dialogue from boba um built in a sort of gritty universe a grittier side of the star trek star trek uh, star wars Ooh. <laughs> a grittier side of the star wars universe you know the, the crime fill side, you know? Okay. The stuff that we get a little vision through with um, Han, Han Solo, mm-hmm. but we don't ever get to see what it's really like. Yeah. But with 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 a Boba Fett film, we just... Camera follows Boba the whole way. We don't do any of this... <laughs> what, one take? Like Birdman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't do all this world jumping. It's just like Boba Fett rocking through these seedy bars. He's on Coruscant the entire time. I mean, I think that would be... I think that would yeah, be a really no, good film, No, you've, you've swayed me. Yeah. But that is... But the thing is, that's not going to happen. It's that's, going to be a Boba Fett origin story. That's not what we're going to get. It's <laughs> going to start with Jango Fett's head getting cut off in the arena. And little <laughs> Boba Fett picking his dad's head up. Being like, I will avenge your father. And he kisses him on the lips. And then it cuts to 20 years later. And he's got long black emo hair over one eye. And he's in the Slave One with the new paint job. Oh. And he's repainting his dad's bounty hunter armor because he's a clone yeah. now thanks episode two um see so like here's how i'm imagining it right so we just have uh like open it like this the film just opens mm-hmm. and it's boba fett walking into a bar and then just like slam someone's head on the ground then like the star wars um logo comes up but not but not on black okay like the star wars logo comes up on top of the scene where like the guy oh so as soon as his head goes crack, crack Star Wars logo Bam! Star Wars Boba Fett like um, Hugo Stiglitz yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man that is really cool actually yeah yeah you I know, mean it kind of opens in like a sort of dusty cantina yeah and there's like people just like having a good time they're all kind of laughing slap you're all back slapping maybe playing a bit of like hologram chess yeah and then like Boba Fett walks through the scanners yeah and just silent like silent like no no music mhm then the head goes down. Because everyone's like, shit. The credits slam on. As soon as the credits go off, we're back into the live action. Then it plays like, I don't know, uh, very superstitious or something like that. <laughs> well, it plays music from planet Earth. Yeah. Like, I it would just be awesome. I think it would be cool. I don't know about having... It should have... It shouldn't have real world, world music, but it could have like a Star Wars-esque funk. <laughs> like, have the... not So not like cantina music covers of like Stevie Wonder <laughs> but have like make your own soundtrack that has like it's you know as you like funk inspired electric guitar is quite yeah. yeah okay that's the dream that, but that's not what we're gonna get but well that's... we don't know we've not seen the trailer for it I think it'd be amazing all yeah. I know is that uh, Donald Glover has been cast as a young Lando Calrissian in the Han Solo film oh perfect casting be, that is good yeah, casting that's good. Donald Glover he didn't get the part of Spider-Man yeah internet was very upset about Donald Glover obviously like he didn't really care because like and he would have been good for that part he would have been a good part uh, a cool you know a cool Spider-Man but arguably he got the better role yeah <laughs> the Lando Calrissian role the, the dream role yeah the space pimp <laughs> Lando Calrissian <laughs> the space pimp let's face it he's a he's he's a cool man um right I think we got a bit off the the main topic of of Rogue One there with yeah some, sorry I was trying to enjoy Star Wars we, we got some <laughs> we did some rampant speculation there yeah. um but I think I, my main point of this is like it was fine 
Yeah, it was fine. And I think when you think about it, it could have been amazing, just as this hypothetical Boba Fett film we just made up could be amazing. Yeah. But it doesn't affect the main the main trilogy that we're gonna get. No, it's true. It's just a bit. It's an extra little biscuit that wasn't that great. So yeah. It's a little p- piece of cake after the meal. That maybe you know. Mm. It's maybe a couple of days old. That little quality street that gets left in the tin. Yes, yes. Like, I might as well have it. One of the rubbish ones. Should, the, it, shouldn't know. have had that. It's had a big old walnut. It's in a, it. Yeah, or a toffee, toffee penny. Oh, the toffee penny. Yeah, that is that is what this Rogue is. Rogue One is the toffee penny of the Star Wars quality street box. It is. It is. It definitely is. Because mm. it's like fine. it's all right. It's all right. It does. It does what it needs to do. Give it's a little sugar rush. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my... To be honest, that's my main feelings on it. Like, meh, it's all right. Yeah, I just don't like that there's a... Oh, jeez, you know... Right, oh, here's what we need to talk about. The Vader scene. Mm. Try not to choke on your ambition. Really? Really? He was just starting out as Darth Vader. He didn't really know what he wanted to do. Was right. he going to be a wisecracking badass or was he just going to be a quiet badass? Tried to wisecrack, didn't work. Um, although, like, it's so weird because, like, I think the Vader scenes are so prime for like how weirdly tonally different this film was. I don't even understand why Darth Vader's in it, apart from to, apart from fan service. Well, it, it makes what makes sense is that see at the end, if they'd only had him at the end, that would have been perfect. Yeah, when, like, he was angry. Mm-hmm. He was angry, and he was like slamming through people, mm-hmm. which is also really nice because I think that adds this connection of like. You know how Kylo Ren fights like he's angry. Mm-hmm. He's not reserved. He's not held back. Like you know, um, and it shows that like fam- family connection. Yeah, like he's got a rage to him. And like when Vader Vader was ripping through that rebel ship, just like just fucking shit up. Yeah, the Vader scene was quite cool, but the that was no, me. that was awesome. And also, what it's nice is like in the first um, of the originals, uh, New Hope. Mm-hmm. Vader's angry in his first scene. Vader's fucked off. Yeah. And that's because half an hour ago, he literally just had the Death Star plans nicked because of some <laughs> incompetent fanny. He fucking stole my Death Star he plan. stole my Death Star plans. Although, it does make Darth Vader seem like kind of a moron. How? Because, so, this entire scene, Darth Vader's slashing people to bits. He's stopping things with the Force. And you see shots of people passing the disc with the with the Death Star and he didn't use the from force. hand to hand for about five minutes <laughs> why doesn't Vader just be like in the between people passing a disc it goes zip and catch it that would, would have been over maybe because he was too angry he was just raging out he didn't was he really raging out though or was he just well, yeah, trying to scare people you've never seen him fight like that before yeah I think that's because in the and the thing is your your control of the force wavers when you're like when you're angry and when you're emotional mm, but he could even just like crush the disc yeah I don't know force powers I, I don't know what the feel... explanation and Th- then, that does that but then does... it makes him seem like more of an idiot and a new hope because he takes the ship and they keep trying to tell him like oh we're just on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan and he's not like well about five minutes ago you were just over Scarif stealing the Death Star plans <laughs> he's just like uh, well this is a diplomatic mission like where's the ambassador Whereas he could have just been like, fucking bullshit. Yeah, but you got to remember that communication isn't very good in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So as soon as they jumped out, 
I mean, we all, we can assume that these ships are all... There's lots of them. I suppose there's a lot of that class. There's a lot of that class of ship. Yeah. So we can assume that like he caught up with it and he knew that it looked like a freighter like this one. And it all had rebels on it dressed the same as they were in Scarif. But you can't... Uh, yeah, but it, it was heavily political as well. Because it's like... The Empire can't just go and like alienate a bunch of planets. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't just fucking take a diplomatic ship. You can't do that. Yeah. I suppose there's still kind of a Senate in the Galactic Yeah, there, it still there. exists. Yeah. So, I think it's that and that's why he's so pissed off and he's cuz he's like he can't just go on the ship and be like, "I'm going to kill all y'all." And stop lying to me. Yeah, I know you're lying, but I've got no way of proving it uh, cuz okay. communication's fucking shit in the Star Wars universe. So yeah, Fair enough. maybe that. Fair enough. So rather than him being an idiot, he's like, "I know this. Obviously, I know this. I'm the one with the fucking force, man. Yeah, I know you're lying to me, but I can't prove it. Yeah, okay. and if I go and wipe out a diplomatic ship, then that that the empire loses a lot of um a lot of friends, a lot of influence, yeah. and then more people will join the rebel alliance. And the rebels, the main force against the empire. So he probably has to think about that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, you know what I wanted actually from Rogue One was to see what it was like to live, just to live in the Empire. Because yeah. you didn't really. Get, I wanted to see what life was like as just like maybe like as a stormtrooper. Like I, I was thinking maybe one of the characters. I mean, one of the characters is he defects. Yeah, I wanted to see him like living life as a stormtrooper, maybe getting a little glimpse of like the propaganda machine of the Empire and kind yeah. of how, how just people living their lives feel rather than rebels being like they're bad well like we got, know they're bad you got a bit more complexity to the rebels with rogue one i guess yeah because you got the fact that maybe they're not all good well you i know, mean there's isis there's te- yeah you, you've got <laughs> you've got rebel isis yeah and then you've got like the badass assassin guy who's just like yeah i'm gonna kill whoever i've done a lot of bad shit for the alliance yeah. We're not all goodies. Yeah, yeah. Their uh, little spaceship was cool, though. The Ewing fire. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's cool. No, all the spaceship scenes were cool. They were really well done. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. Madge Mickelson, as well, nails it. Who's that? Uh, her father. Oh, yeah. I love him. He's a good actor. Did you see the 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 um, video of the interview where he's just, like, cracking a bottle of vodka because it was just after Carrie Fisher and he was just like, fuck this noise. Really? Yeah, man. Wow. Also, like, um, did you see that she said that uh, whenever I die, I want my obituary to be written as, like, she died on, like, some coke-binged, like, sex party (laughs) in a pool or something? died as she lived (laughs) on a cocaine binge. Um, Um, Also, like, the best tweet I ever saw was, like, Carrie Fisher, well, not maybe not ever saw, but a good one. Someone was like, oh, confirmed Carrie Fisher was taking coke on the set of star wars because she had a long fingernail <laughs> and she was like come on i take drugs using a spoon or off a table like any respectable drug addict <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least she's cool about it mm. yeah um yeah she did a lot of cocaine back in the day mm. that was my feeling about a lot of people that died in 2016 they were all roughly the same age did a lot of cocaine in the 80s yeah probably just has a lasting effect that kills you at a certain age maybe don't take loads of cocaine yeah it's like asbestos poison it'll come around to get you yeah it's probably like all that mk ultra i've done <laughs> mk optimum rather. yeah you're gonna be in a you're gonna be part of a raft a raft a, a, a string of 
deaths yeah. in about 40 years. Or I'll live forever. You or know, you'll live forever. You never really know how the mutations yeah. work with MK. I mean, certainly cocaine makes you feel like you can live forever. <laughs> so. Alright, well, um, have you got anything else to say about Rogue One? Um, nah, I'd just be talking shit about it more. Okay, um, well... Would you go outside for Rogue One? Um, as I say, like I quite liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was serviceable. Um, I'd go outside, but only on a nice day. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I'd go outside if there wasn't too many hurdles in my way. Yeah, I would go outside for Rogue One. I just. Uh, I think you're probably already. The way this my review is going on, yeah. just don't bother. Um, just wait for episode eight. Maybe yeah. it'll be all right. And wait, wait for the incredible. Um, Tarantino directed uh, Boba Fett Boba movie. Fett film. Yeah, just pray to the to whichever god you like. Yeah. Whichever that. one. I mean, obviously we're on the great god Cthulhu, but that's, that's <laughs> what we do in the vault. That's just my preference. Um, we we don't preach. Um, that's all right. I'll, I could give you some leaflets on uh, on Cthulhu, our Lord They're and Savior. Possible to read though. Uh, so it's in uh, script, and I mean we have to remember that the Messiah of Cthulhu is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> what <laughs> is that what all those I thought they were like uh, um, like Samoan nah like, it's Cthulhu Samoan traditional Look, it's, tattoos it's, it's Eldritch and Lovecraftian oh okay um, yeah so that's that. I mean that's good that's good and oh man sorry I'm just going to speculate about this Boba Fett film for the rest of my life it'll be so good I think it'll be fun to talk about a good Boba Fett movie um but I mean, oh god! I just hope they don't do an origin story. They're gonna do it. Like, they're going to do it. I can guarantee almost... you this. As as I say, pointing my finger like a presidential candidate. The Boba Fett movie will be an origin story. Right. You will learn where he got his wrist darts. You will oh. learn where he got his jetpack. You will learn about the about him taking Slave One to get a paint job that matches his new armor. You will learn about where he got that little dent in his helmet. Boba Fett to have a similar character to Dread in an edge world setting, so like away from the Empire, away from like governmental control, sort of like a Western, done like a Western. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I would like. Um, Is it another desert planet? Well, no. I think this galaxy no, no, has uh, enough de- has Just enough like a, a, like a Western doesn't need to be a like Western style. So okay. Like saloons and like bars, and you've got. Um, uh, uh, sexy um, prostitute ladies, and you've got like badass gunslinger dudes. Um, Maybe just lots of crime. Yeah. Do you want to just go watch Firefly? Like, <laughs> 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 let's finish this podcast and go watch Firefly. <laughs> right. Well, after that stunning realization about Firefly, um. As always, guys. Uh, Nathan Fillion to play Boba Fett. <laughs> Starting a petition right now. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, you know, I don't know if he's really... He's too likeable. Paint nails, hands, emoji. Um, supports Nathan Fillion as Boba Fett. Actually, no, I might take that back. I don't know if Nathan Fillion's the right man to play Boba Fett. No, he's the right man to play every character. <laughs> Everyone. I was thinking maybe Daniel Craig to, be, to play Boba Fett. No, too big. Uh, well, like, bulky? Yeah. I mean, I would take... I, I can't remember his name, but the character who did play Dread. The actor who did play Dread. Ah, oh, Carl Urban. He's amazing. He, he's, he's a very great good. actor. Yeah. Um, and he's, like, he's mean-looking. Mm-hmm. I think he'd do it. Someone who looks mean 
Okay. Uh, tweet us your ideas. Um, yeah, tweet us your ideas for who you think should play Boba Fett in uh, our new movie, uh, Boba Fett Goes to War um, with Crime. We're, uh, <laughs> um, actually, to be honest, if it was like a really cool title, it, would have, it wouldn't have Boba Fett. It would title. be called Fett. Uh, it would, oh. That would, would be amazing. <laughs> just, no Star Wars, just Fett. Uh-huh. It would be in the Star Wars font, though. But it would be Fett. Oh, right. Uh, we're kickstarting this tomorrow. Or would it be um, called Bounties? Starting starting uh, our our first stretch goal is 8.6 million. Because really, that's how much you want to make to at least a trailer for a Star Wars film. Because <laughs> 8.6 mil. Right, I feel we're just rambling now. Um, yeah, it's, it's the end of the show ramble. If you've made it this far, you're probably uh, looking forward to us saying... As always, guys, uh, don't go outside. Uh, yes, do not go outside. Um, because uh, space ISIS might get you with a weird tentacle squid monster. And they'll read your thoughts uh, somehow. Um, it won't be explained... <laughs> But they'll figure out what you want. Contact us uh, at DennyGoat on Twitter and at dgopodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, we have a Facebook up and running. We run on RSS and all, if not most, um, podcast catchers, including iTunes, Pocket Casts, all of those things. Um, tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your parents, tell your bounty hunter. Well, no, don't, because if he doesn't like it, you might come and kill us. No, he wouldn't kill us because he doesn't like us. Bounty hunters have rules, man. He'd kill us if we, he got paid to kill us. I think Boba Fett's the kind of person that might just kill you if he takes a dislike to you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he'd care enough to do it. All will be revealed in the Boba Fett origin movie. Oh. Disney's Marvel's Netflix's new uh, Harry Potter cinematic <laughs> Star Wars verse. Boba Fett, the origin oh, of the Fett. Please no. A Star Wars snorey. Oh, <laughs> oh. Wipe out. That's how I end the podcast.